Hello, this is Pastor Sam Velez, and I'm so glad that you're joining us for our service. We hope you enjoy this message today, that it blesses your life and your families. We love you. Today, I want to emphasize this, that Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus goes into the synagogue. He goes back to his hometown of Nazareth, and he says, he starts talking about, he starts reading what Isaiah prophesied thousands of years ago in Isaiah 61. Isaiah talked about Jesus thousands of years ago. And so Jesus opens up the scroll and begins to read. And then he says, hey, just so you know, everything that Isaiah has prophesied has been fulfilled today. Just so you know, good news is for you today. Healing is for you today. Deliverance is for you today. Amen. I'm about you, but I'm excited and I'm grateful that God has something for me today. Amen. He has something for you today. It's not for tomorrow. It's not for 10 years from now. He has something for you today. And maybe for some of you are in this room and you, you are believing God for certain things and it seems like, like a moonshot. It seems like impossible. It seems like, man, Pastor, I don't really know. Like, I got faith in God, but I, I don't know if that, it's really going to work the way I'm believing God to do it. I want to challenge you to believe God anyways. To believe him anyways. I'm sure when Jesus was reading that scroll and the people were hearing what Jesus was reading, they also had things they were going through. They were also in their mind thinking, Really? Like, you can set people free? Like, there's deliverance for me? Why, why would, you know why would they would think like that? Because in that time, they were oppressed. They were oppressed by the Roman government. They were oppressed by their religious leaders. They were putting laws upon laws upon laws upon laws. So they were carrying all these burdens that God never intended for them to carry. And if we're not careful, we do the same thing in our life. We carry burdens that God never intended for us to carry. We carry things upon our life that God never intended for you to carry. That's why it bothers me so much. And I, and I refuse. I made a decision a long time. I refuse to allow suffering and defeat and X, Y, and Z. I, I refuse to allow people to cope with that. To, make, to accept it, to be like, you know what? Maybe God does, just doesn't want me to have this. Maybe, maybe God just doesn't think I, you know, whatever. The, I refuse because Jesus didn't come for you to be burdened. Jesus didn't come so that you can be addicted. He didn't come so you could say, okay, Jesus, I'm suffering because you want to teach me a lesson. No, he came so that you could be free. Free and whole. Do people suffer in the Bible? Of course they suffer. The disciples suffered. Paul suffered. They were preaching the gospel in a time where people were getting killed and arrested. It wasn't because of anything else. It wasn't because Jesus turned his back on them and was like, okay, well, you'll figure it out somehow. No, they were on mission. Jesus said, you're going to have troubles. Not because you're a Christian, not because you accepted him and there's no other hope for you. No, because people don't like him and because they don't like him, they're going to force you to do something you don't want to do. We live in an oppressive government where they want to pass all these laws. I thank God we live in the state of Texas. But even then, 
they're still trying to pass things that go against what God has called us to be and who to be. And that is why it's important, church, that we would live with the anointing that Jesus put upon me and you. When you gave your life to Jesus, you carry an anointing. When the Holy, the Holy Spirit doesn't just come upon you in certain times. When you give your life to Jesus, you receive the Holy Spirit. And through the Holy Spirit, you are empowered to do the impossible. So when Jesus said, I have been anointed to do this, this, and this. You know what he was saying? He was also saying, I am anointed. But also when I come into your life, you're anointed to do the same. But if we're not careful, we don't walk into the, in the full anointing, the full authority that God has put in our life. And so because we don't walk in that, that's why we struggle. And that's where the devil comes in to discourage you. And you feel like, Pastor Sam, I just, I don't know how long I can do this anymore. Pastor Sam, I, I, I don't, not, no, no, no. Just like me, when I made up my mind, I, I refuse to live that way. It changed the trajectory of my life. Did I have to go through things? Yes. But I didn't stay in the state of defeat. I always stayed in the place of victory. Because no matter what I go through, Jesus has promised to be with me forever. He has promised me to take me out. He's promised me to set me free. He's promised to be good news no matter the season of life. So me and you are meant to live for more. We've been meant to live for more. But living for more, walking in the anointing that God has given us, it requires us, the Bible says, to abide in him or to remain in him. Abiding is this. It's communion with God. If you don't know what abiding is, abiding, when I am abiding in Christ, it means communion with God. It means I am connected to him. It means that I am committed. I am loyal to God in every season. I'm abiding in him. I'm constantly in Christ. I'm constantly connected to Christ. I'm constantly remaining in Christ despite everything else. Because if we can learn to abide in Christ, we will see the miracles in every single area of our life. When we learn to abide in him, when I, when I learn to abide in Christ, it breaks the, the glass ceiling of my life to see beyond what I'm experiencing right now. That's what it does. When you carry that kind of anointing, the, in the King James Version, the book of Isaiah, it says the anointing breaks the yoke of slavery. It says the anointing breaks the yoke of slavery. So if there are things that you feel like you're a slave of, when the anointing comes upon you, it breaks that for you. But it also requires, it's twofold. It breaks it for you, but it also requires you to remain in him. So if you have your Bibles, Jesus explains it this way best. He talks about it with, through fruit. So if you have a Bible, I want to go to John chapter 15. John 15, 1 through 17. He says, I am the true vine, grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, 
and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. You've already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Let's stop there. For apart from me, you can do nothing. The flip side. When I am in him, God can do anything. When I remain in him, that means that all things are possible for those who believe. Apart from him, I can't fix anything. I can't fix the problems in my relationships. I can't fix the problems at work. I can't fix with whatever issues apart from him. But when I am in him, oh man, there's something good for me. There's good news for me when I am in him. When I'm apart from him, my thoughts get the best of me. My thoughts get the best. When I'm apart from him, man, I can't sleep. I got, I'm anxious. I'm depressed. I'm worried. I, 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 you know, X, Y, and Z. But when I am in him, I'm safe. I'm at peace. I understand that God's my provider, like Pastor Alex was talking about when we give. I'm not stressed out because I'm, I'm in him. I'm in his word. I'm committed to him. I'm remaining in him despite everything else. Despite what my friends might be posting on social media. Despite what I'm reading about in the government and everything else. No, no, no. As long as I remain in him, he takes care of me. He watches over me. He guides me. He protects me. There is a blessing, church, when you remain in Christ. There's a blessing to it that nobody else can give you. People can give you good advice. People people can give you a hug. People can give you a nice text. But that's all it does. But when you are deeply rooted in God, it doesn't matter what's happening. God is good and he's going to continue to be good in my life. But Jesus said something when he said, remain in me. What happens when we're in it? It produces fruit. It produces something other than. When I remain in him, he says, I produce fruit. And what is the fruit of the spirit? It's peace, love, joy, gentleness, kindness. Everything that I lack is produced by the spirit of God. As long as I remain in him, it produces a fruit that I could have never gotten anywhere else. It produces love that I couldn't get anywhere else. It produces a peace that I couldn't get anywhere else. It produces unity that I couldn't get anywhere else because the devil would love to break unit, bring disunity in your home and in your job. But as long as you're in God brings unity, then I couldn't do it. Some of you in this room, you are sitting here because of the grace of God. You have stories to say, you know what, man? Because I remained in God, God did this, this, and this. And I'm still standing. I got a couple of battle scars, but I'm still standing. One more time. Can you go back? Oh, you got it right there. Verse 5 again. 
He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much, what? Fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. You can do nothing. I love how Jesus said in in the synagogue in Luke 4, in, in the NIV version, it says that the prophecy has been, been fulfilled by those that are hearing. Faith is produced by what? Hearing. Hearing through what? The word of God. Everything that God comes, everything that God has said produces something in me. Therefore, I produce something outside. So remaining in Christ, abiding in him, the result is always going to be fruit. And the result is always going to be prosperity for your life. The result is always going to be blessing and freedom as long as I stay committed to him. It's like people that are in workout programs. You don't see the, the result unless you're committed. I was in this church. I was, uh, there's a church in Mexico City. That if you're ever in there, it's called Mas Vida with Pastor Andres Speaker. And um, there was a man that surprised him. He's a hundred years old, and his name is Wayne Myers. He, I had, I didn't really know much about him, and then I texted my dad, "Do you know who this guy is?" Because in Mexico, he's like a big deal. And then I come to find out that Wayne Myers uh, was is a big deal in Mexico because he was such a giver. He helped plant over six thousand churches. Even to this day, he is constantly giving. He's, my dad ended up telling me that he's probably one of the best on teaching of the tithes. And so he was 100 years old, and he was, they brought him up to talk. And they, they were interviewing him. And, and uh, they said, you know, Wayne, you know, how do you keep yourself full? And how, do you, how did you keep yourself pure and how did your marriage last as long as it because his wife died a couple of years ago? How did you do all this? And his answer was the same answer. It was just this. He said in Spanish, but I'm saying it in English. He said, uh, keep your eyes on Jesus. That's all his answer was. I kept thinking like he's going to give me this, this mind-blowing nugget. Like, oh my gosh, I'm going to steal it and then I'm going to preach it and make it seem like it was me. Like... I, I thought, and, but it was simple. Yeah, but it, it made so much sense because sometimes as Christians, we make simple things complicated. <laughs> and he kept saying the same thing as keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyebrows like hearing him say that. And then he, he wanted to pray a blessing over all the pastors. And I was just crying. I was like, Lord, help me to keep my eyes on you. Because sometimes I am so caught up with everything else. And what's not working, what's not doing. But God, help me to keep my eyes on you. And that, that works for me and you today. You don't have to be a pastor. But as long as you keep your eyes on him, as long as you abide in him, God does something with it. He's a hundred years old, church. He was saying he wants to live to 110. I was like, oh, all right. 
he was, they brought him up in a wheelchair. And you know what he wanted to do? He, he called people up because he wanted to stand in front of everybody. Keep your eyes on Jesus. And it made sense to me. That's why Jesus always emphasized why he corrected Peter. Why he brings Peter out when he's walking on water. Why, you know, why he was always correcting the disciples to bring their faith back to him. Why he was, all, why he was doing all that and made it click to me because that is the whole thing, church. As long as our eyes are on him, I'll walk through storms. As long as my eyes are him, God's going to provide. He'll multiply fish and bread. As long as my eyes are on him, amen. Oh, man, as long as my eyes are on him, my kids are going to be okay. As long as my eyes are on him, my marriage is going to be okay. I'm sorry. As long as my eyes are on him. As long as my eyes are on him. Church, abiding in Christ is not just hearing the word of God, but it's allowing the word of God to take root. Because the word of God has stood the test of time. The word of God is not based on your feeling, it's based on truth. Whether you feel it or you don't feel it, it's there. In fact, the book of Psalms says this, Psalms 1, 1 through 3. Look what the Bible says about about this. Psalms 1, 1 through 3. It says this. It says, blessed is the one who does not walk in, the, in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. But those but whose, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yield its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither whatever they do prospers the bible promises this that 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 if we are like this if we don't stand with people that are against what god wants if we don't if we're connected to him abiding in him that we are like, please, planted by streams of water, which yields in its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Whatever they do prospers. Church, as long as me and you are connected to God, not only do we abide, but as long as we live in obedience, God says we will prosper. In every season... Leaves have seasons, but the Bible says that in every season we will prosper. Your family will prosper. Your business will prosper. The job that you have. Some of you, you're believing God for a promotion. Then stay planted in him. Stay connected. It's not just me abiding in Christ. It's also me obeying Christ. As I live in obedience, something is produced. As I walk in step with the Lord, something is produced. I can't produce addictions if I'm walking with the Lord. If I continue in step with the Lord. But I also see the other side. 
If you deal with an addiction in Jesus, it can break with God. But it requires being in step with him. It requires obedience from him. It requires you to be connected to him. Not for God to be someone that you put on your schedule just for Sundays. No, that you are connected to him every single day. Church, you have to understand that, that, that when we come to the house of God, it's not an event that we put in our schedule. It is the lifestyle that we live. We come to worship the king. We live for the king. I am based on the king. Some people struggle because they treat this as a religion. It's the Sunday thing that we do. Yes, it's the Sunday thing that you do, but that is not the whole thing. There's more to the story. There's more for this. When Jesus said what he said in in Luke 4, he was talking about this. He was talking about a new life. He was talking about freedom. He was talking about these things. Because in God, we gain all these things. But Jesus also said this in John 15, that he prunes. Pruning is removing. In other words, there are things in your life that Jesus has to remove from you in order to produce what you've been intended for. A lot of us like the idea of change until change really comes to us. I like change for other people, but change that has to deal with me? It's a struggle. I like talking about how that person needs to change, but when someone has to tell me I have to change, it's a struggle. And so Jesus talks about pruning. Not, here's the thing about what I love about Jesus. When he talks about pruning, he's not just talking about like, oh man, he's going to remove all the, all the good things in my life. Because I would ask you this. If you told me that, I would ask you is what's defined good to you? What is good to you? Oh, well, you know. No. When Jesus removes, he, Jesus will remove anything that goes against his will. Because whatever is against his will shouldn't be there in the first place. Whatever is against his will is not meant to be there because if it is there, it produces bad fruit. And Jesus says, I'm coming so that you don't produce bad fruit, so that you're not cut off from the vine, so that you're not separated from me. I would rather remove what's in you so that you can gain so much more. In other words, I never lose in Christ. It might seem like, oh my gosh, I'm missing out on this or this relationship or, or this issue or, or, or I'm not going to be able to do this. Instead of thinking about like, I'm not going to be able to do X, Y, and Z, think of it as I'm going to be able to do this, this, and that. I'm not going to be strapped a slave anymore. No, no, I, I'm going to walk in the best season of my life. That's what it is. That's what it is, church. It, it, it's pruning. It's changing. Fruit is a byproduct, church. It's not a religious duty. It's not if, if I do this. No, no. It is a byproduct of your faithfulness to God. 
as we get ready for Easter church, that is what we're believing God for, that he would produce fruit, that he would produce something, that people would get saved, that people would know God, that, people, that you would produce more. I'm, I'm believing that this year you would experience more than you ever experienced in your life. There's deeper things of God than you think. There's more to God than just Sundays or some of the things. There's deeper things, and you can't find that unless you're deeply rooted. So the, 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 the response to God is not, God, why do you have to take this away? It's, God, what needs to get away? What needs to leave my life? What do I need to cut off so that I could bear fruit, so that I could Lord, experience a blessing and prosperity in every season. What needs to leave so that I can gain much more? And that question I can't answer you, for you. That's between you and God. Those are the blanks that you fill yourself. And honestly, church, it comes with us being humble. Because pride will get the best of us. Pride will get the best of us. But if we allow pride to take root instead of faith, it kills progress. Church, we're, we're meant to live for more. Meant to live for more. Go back one through three, Psalms one through three, one more time. I want to read it one more time with you. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. In all they do. You can stand with me. I want to read to you one more thing as you're standing. Acts 10, 38. This is what they said about Jesus. It says, and you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were pressed by the devil. For God was with him. I, I read that to you today. Because like fruit, there are seasons for every kind of fruit. But when Jesus is talking about fruit for your life, it's not connected to a season. It's not connected to, it'll be next season for me. It'll be next season for you. No, no, no. It's not connected to seasons that we think as human beings. No, no, no. Jesus, Holy Spirit, by the power and by the Holy Spirit in us, our season is every day. Our season is every year. It's not God only comes in the summer. God only comes in the winter. 
and then God takes a break. God only comes for conference and God takes a break. No, no, no. It's every single day. Every day. Jesus had already gone back to heaven during this time. So they were proclaiming who he was. Because it's easy to forget Jesus when we are living in human seasons. And we're thinking in human seasons. Easy to forget Jesus when we feel like, man, I'm in a season of, it's a struggle right now, Pastor Sam. It's time. It's easy to forget Jesus in those moments. And they had to remind people, hey, that Jesus we keep telling you about, that is what we get. Those are the results that we get from him. He said he was healing in all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. He went around doing good. Doing good. We can't do anything, church, without him. John 15, 5, for apart from him, we can do nothing. But with him, we can do anything. We can do anything. Thank you so much for joining our service and for listening to us. We are located at 4519 East Del Mar Boulevard in Laredo, Texas. And we hope that you continue to be a part of our ICM family.